This is Made in America with Neil Asbury and Rich Rothman. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. Rich, man, we got an incredible show. We got Congressman Jim Jordan going to be on with us in just a a short while. Uh, The great congressman from the state of Ohio going to be talking about the Biden vaccine mandate and the challenges that are are being filed against it. And and this week, uh, very big news. Uh, OSHA has now set aside uh, the implement, uh, implementation of the of the mandate, which is right. supposed to be on January 4th for any uh, employees uh, in companies that's more than 100, 100 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be vaccinated and you have to have proof of vaccination or you have to be tested every week. And it's like a $15,000 fine to the company for not implementing this policy. And it ramps up. I mean, it gets very expensive after a while. Right. That's per occurrence. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you got 100 people, uh, you know. How many hundreds you, do you have? have? A, yeah, 700 employees. Right. And, uh, you know, so uh, the companies essentially become, you know, the uh, enforcement officers of a policy uh, that you're telling uh, mature Americans, adult Americans, that they need to put something in their bodies. Uh, otherwise, A, you, you can't work. And B, the companies that hire you now are in the hook, uh, in, in, you know, to, to implement uh, uh, this policy. Uh, it, it just it, It's just rife with constitutional issues, I well, think. Yeah, well, that's exactly why the courts came down against it right now, and they're going to pursue that further in the courts. And, of course, you had, you know, 15 to 18 states right away file major suits. DeSantis's state, Florida, where we're in, was one of the guys leading the um, the uh, the charge. But there's on been that so many. Thing. Well, it was actually uh, Texas about 23 as well. right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so anyway, OSHA has now suspended that indefinitely. So it's not like okay, we're going to put a pause for a week or two. I mean, it's like indefinitely. I mean, it's headed to the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, let's let's exactly. Face it. I mean, it's headed to the Supreme yep, Court. So exactly. let's let's see what happens. But I don't think um, anyway. You know, as our company was being impacted by it, and we're thinking about how in the world are we going to implement this? And now, fortunately, um, we can set that aside and, and, and do the things that we need to do to try to run this business and create opportunity and create jobs uh, for our employees and our community. But, uh, you know, talking about small businesses and entrepreneurialism and, and the things that uh, really make our economy click and work and the wealth and creating the jobs and the prosperity and the security that we need in our country is it, we got to take care of our entrepreneurial community, our small businesses, uh, backbone of our country, always have been, always will be. And uh, the, our, our first guest coming on today uh, has created a um, has re- created a product that's helping our small businesses through the um, pandemic to compete in the digital world. And, uh, you know, it's a real you know, since since the pandemic, the, the e-commerce and the digital world and digital marketing and, you know, just doing business transactions in your local community digitally. I mean, it's just it's the way to go. I mean, right. I mean, it's not in person. Everything's digital and, and everything. Well, if you're online. not part of it, you're not part of it. I mean, if you're not part of it, you're not part of the retail. I mean, if you can't handle that and, and, and grasp the concepts that you need to have and the tools, which is a good segue to our guest, tools that you need to have to make it work for you, then you're in a lot of trouble. You're going to be in a world of hurt going down that road. Exactly. So this is good. So let's introduce Tommy Sheehan, who is the CEO of Union, uh, based out of Dallas, Texas. Tommy, welcome to Made in America. 
Thanks for having me. So tell me, tell us how, how you're helping our, our small business and entrepreneurial community with you, with your product. Well, uh, let me actually tell you a quick story. So during the pandemic, uh, I was in the south side of Chicago. My mother had passed away. So when that happened, I was actually asked by a bunch of small business owners who I'd known most of my life that I was a technology guy because I was actually retired. And they came to me telling me all of the issues that were going on. And one of the major issues was that when COVID hit, they had to close down their stores and they weren't exactly sure what to do. So we had to build a, a package that taught people uh, that were non-technical how to use digital technologies. So Dr. Rich was correct. We built a tool for small businesses to be able to service their customers digitally. Um, and then we found out the other part was not only did we have to service them digitally and let them use technology, we had to manage their cash flow problems. So we had to uh, not just not just give them the digital tool, we also had to then figure out how to manage the liabilities associated with servicing businesses digitally. So let me ask you a question. Do you tie in uh, into the local banks that these folks are part of and you get recommended by the banks? Because I, I know then um, when we were starting up a, another division that we used something that seems like it would be part of what you did, which was Clover, um, but it was Clover Merchant Services, and that was done through the bank. So whatever we did with Clover immediately hit our account the next day, and, and it had a complete accounting, although we had a major accounting firm that handled all our accounting, but we got an immediate accounting and history of every every uh, uh, process that went through. Yeah, exactly. So what, what, what we do is we create what's called a connected account. So we connect our bank account to your bank account, and we act as what's called the merchant of record. So we take all the liabilities on for the merchant. So I'll, let me give you an example of the difference. If, we're the, if we have the liability versus a marketplace, which is what Clover would be or Shopify or Grubhub or any of those, when, so, when a customer complains, we actually manage that dispute, and it, we're responsible for that. Whereas today, you know, you probably heard lots of different stories. If the customer is unhappy with the small business owner, the small business owner has to eat the costs, and the small business business owner is left to actually defend themselves. We handle that for them. That's number one. And number two, yes, we move all of the money and we create that digital connection between their bank and our bank, and then we give them all of that taxation so that they can export it, give it to their tax accountant, or they can put it into QuickBooks, or they can. You know, exactly. We, we export it out as an Excel file. Yes. And and not only that, you have a you, we have, and I still have it. It's on my phone. A mobile app that at any given time, as an owner uh, or an administrator, I can tap in, see what's happening in real time. You know what's been processed, what's outstanding. Uh, I get a complete backup for the clients that have, have signed up and work with us that way for their payments. And then you know, on, uh, we got into a rhythm, and it worked fairly, fairly well. Because I'm, you know, uh, Neil has hundreds and hundreds of people working. I have 26. And, uh, and, it, and so we're a different size company. But the cash flow is a lifeblood of a system. So I would think coming through this pandemic, when everybody in, in the SMEs were, you know, really, you know, clawing to get every dollar that they can and try and maintain cash flow, which at the very best was very hard uh, for at least three or four months out of last year. I would say that the, the, the ability for us 
to work electronically with a program that you're discussing, truly, and, and this I'm not pandering, I'm telling the truth, it helped get through the uh, peaks and valleys that we were experiencing uh, for just a short period of time until you know, people stopped, you know, took a deep breath, put their head into a paper bag, breathed easily, and they found out that life will go on, and they figured out how to do that. So it's a good tool. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's uh, I'll tell you the other part that what we're learning. So we've, we've gone through 15 versions of this during the pandemic. So we built it during the pandemic. So there's 23 of us that moved during COVID down to Dallas, Texas. We locked ourselves in a room and we built the package. Uh, and we've now released it 15 times in a closed environment to be able to make sure that the other part of it, which is the liabilities. So think of it as now your operations. I don't know exactly what kind of businesses you guys have, but we built a monitoring app that does operations as well. So when an order comes in, you're, you get the acknowledgement of it, and then you're able to watch the workers do the work until it's fulfilled, whether it's pickup, takeout, delivery, um, it's an appointment, something scheduled, there's a request, all of that too. So what we found is that even after the pandemic, parts of the digital infrastructure is gaining efficiencies for small businesses. They're, they're, they're actually able to do more with less employees or they're able to fill the gap and able to produce more services while they're understaffed. I guess either way you want to say that, that um, we found that that's actually something that's being more and more asked for. So we keep devising it. So the good news is that every two weeks, right, I get to hear from a lot of small businesses as to what, what they're actually doing, and, we get, and we're able to react that quickly and, and create those features for them. So, you know, I, uh, uh, Tommy, I mean, I can tell you, you know, finding employees right now is very, very difficult, right? Uh, the job market, it's, it's, it's very tight for an entrepreneur, a small business. You see the uh, help wanted signs everywhere, I mean, for all types of people. And so I can imagine that small businesses and entrepreneurs coming to you are asking, how can we be more efficient, right? How can we do more? How can we do more with less? I mean, and I think that's but really... That's the mantra. That's that was the, the mantra for the last 18 months. Yeah, and, and, and I, don't think, fact. I don't think that's going away. I don't think that's going any uh, away anytime soon. So really, uh, making our entrepreneurs and small businesses more efficient, letting them to do more with less, helping them control... Uh, their largest expense, which is their is their workforce, and making that workforce more efficient, I think, is really at the top of the list of probably everybody right now. There's nothing more important. And just to, just in about ten seconds, kind of just wrap it up for us, Tommy, if you could. So yeah, so union union is made for owners. So just because the customer always is right, didn't have to make the owner wrong. So we we think of ourselves as a pro owner platform to help them, you know, figure out what their best products and best customers are and be able to service them digitally so that we can keep the majority of the money in the local community. Uh, and that's what Union was built for. It's the unification between buyer, seller, and community. So we're trying to make that top of mind. Instead of thinking e-commerce, to think local commerce. Exactly. Local commerce. Keep it local. <laughs> that's a very, very good thing. Keep it local and make our entrepreneurs more efficient. Hey, Tommy, thanks a lot. Tommy Chan from uh, the CEO of Union uh, out of Dallas, Texas. Thanks for being with us, Tommy. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good day. Coming up, Dr. Rothman and I have some really, really important things to talk about. And uh, we're going to start off with uh, 
Inflation in the rising cost of living. You're not going to believe some of these things you're going to hear. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Lasbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. So, Rich, I mean, a big, big deal. I don't know how this is going to play out um, in the midterms. And boy, they're they're fast approaching. I mean, we're going to be really in campaign season here uh, very, very soon. And something you're going to be hearing a lot about is parental rights. I think you're going to be hearing a lot about parental rights. I think you're still going to hear a lot about policing and defund the police or refund the police. Uh, even the Democrat cities know they got that one wrong and they're trying to backtrack. Uh, but I think that's going to be a hot issue. But but I also think that inflation could trump them all, maybe except for the parental rights. But inflation is going to be a really, really big issue in the in the rising cost of of living. I mean, the cost of living is going through the roof right now. I mean, it's it's and, and, and you look at it and you see food costs. I mean, these are not products that are being imported from overseas. I mean, just domestic producers of food. Because of energy costs are, are going through the roof. Um, gasoline, I mean, oh my goodness. Uh, ga- and, and travel costs because of, because of that. I mean, just leisure costs, everything you want to do. It's tied to energy. But inflation is a real, real big issue, Rich. Well, it's interesting. Steve Ratner, who you may remember, we talked about him during the Obama administration. He was an economic czar for cars. He was the car czar. Although he had no background on cars, except he drove one. Uh, but he took over General Motors, which is amazing. So I guess he got to drive a lot of cars. Uh, but he did a uh, uh, an analysis on uh, CNBC the other morning. And in September, economy, coronavirus, education were the top three concerns for America that, that he was uh, pointing out through a major survey. But in October, it switched, Neil, and it became education number one, the economy number two, and and uh, coronavirus number three. And that reflects what you were talking about. And this was the, the Achilles heel of the election in Virginia. Don't mess around with mama and papa bear, that they're going to control their child's education. And uh, it went to the roof. I mean, it, com- it was a complete you know, shift. Uh, it's a paradigm shift for the election. And I think that's why we took back the, uh, the red states, took back Virginia. But you're right. The, the one Achilles heel right now that Ratner has been warning uh, Biden about and discussing it pretty uh, pretty heavily, uh, particularly in the New York Times last week, is uh, inflation. Inflation is the the weakness in the Biden administration, and the thing that will hurt him is going to be the fact that everyone's paying more for a lot less, and that's not a good thing. So let's listen to uh, Stephanie Rule from NBC uh, on her dirty little secret. I mean, this is this is completely bizarre. Well, it's Marie Antoinette. <laughs> let's listen. And the dirty little secret here, Willie, while nobody likes to pay more, on average, we have the money to do so. We have the money to do so. I mean, who has the money to do so? Well, no, no, no. The wa- wages. I guess she has the, well, she has the money. Well. She's on CNBC. Well, she's in New she's York. She's got lots of cake. She doesn't move very far from, uh, from I guess, uh, Rockefeller Center. But uh, that's, that's just the elitism 
you know, at its best. Well, yes, that's exactly right. It's not bothering her. And she's thinking, well, you know, everyone saved up money, which because there was no place to go for a while. So you put money in the bank or you paid off your debt. And then uh, everyone's making more money now because wages have gone up a little bit. They've gone up. The problem that Miss Stephanie or Marie is Marie Antoinette, that is, is forgetting is that the cost of the goods that you're going to buy exceed the raise that you're getting in your take home pay. And the bottom line is you're down two and a half percent. Well, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, and we're going to talk think, about that later in the show. I think I think that's you're, coming up. You're down a, a lot more than that, a hell of a lot more than that. And I think it's going to go uh, and get much worse. And so let's listen to a different take right now on the whole inflation uh, uh, topic. Uh, Stuart Varney from Fox, he had this to say. Inflation hurts working people more than anybody else. Rising prices are wiping out wage gains, and everybody, except the socialists, know it. He has no answer to the inflation problem. In fact, his inability to deal with the supply chain crisis is making inflation worse. The Biden-Harris team is in serious political trouble, and there's still more than three years to go. So there you go. Uh, well, there's one year to go until until midterms. And I think that's where we're going to see just how much trouble they're in. But the sad thing is, it's just the American people that are in trouble. You know, let's let's not worry about uh, 70 members uh, of the Democrat Party in, in, in the House uh, will most likely lose their jobs. It's the it's the hundreds of millions of American citizens that are really struggling right now because inflation is really, really eating into their to their household budgets. And there's no end in sight. I mean, there's just no end in sight. I mean, we're going to see double digit inflation here pretty I soon, believe, within the next 30 to 60 days. Yeah, it's pretty soon. It's, it's going to start feeding itself. And also, you know, in the polling that's out there, you know, the difference if the polls, if the if the election were held this week, it shows in the polls that depending upon the study you're looking at, either a 10 percent gap, people would vote for Republican versus Democrat, or in one case, 13 percent gap. That's unheard of. And if you, if you convert that, if you interpolate that correctly, it, this is going to be, could be worse. That is, but could be worse than the 2010 takeover after Obama put through Obamacare and the United States went nuts with the Tea Party and we got 60 seats. And this time it could be as much as 100 seats. Given that 10% or 13% swing right now, the difference is astronomical. And people have not seen that in many, many years since the early 80s when Reagan came in after Carter. Rich, we got to take a quick break, but we're coming back with Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Uh, we're going to talk about the vaccine mandate. And, um, and Jim is the author of a new book, Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting Freedom, Fighting for freedom in the swamp. Fighting for freedom in the swamp. That's a really tough job these days. We're going to be back with Congressman Jordan. Promoting American industry. This is Made in America with Neil Asbury and Rich Rothman. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host... Dr. Rich Rothman. Hey, Rich, uh, at the beginning of the show, I, I, I said we're going to have a really, really special guest. And he is with us right now, Congressman Jim Jordan from the great state of Ohio, my home state. I was born in Columbus at University Hospital, so that makes me a real yeah. Buckeye. Congressman, welcome to Made in America. 
Well, good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. So, no, really, really good. And, and also, you know, I have your book pulled up here right now. Do what you said you would do. Yeah. Fighting for freedom in the swamp. Very good. And that uh, is on Amazon. Uh, I see it just came out November 23rd. It's a number one bestseller. Number one bestseller, I might add. So, Congressman, congratulations on that. I'm an author. Thank you. And I Thank know how hard that is to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not easy, but I think your uh, I think your listeners will like it. I I, I, tell folks, I wrote every darn word of it. I'm, I'm old fashioned. Maybe I'm just old, but I uh, I wrote it all out longhand on the on the legal pad and uh, takes them behind the scenes, and they'll they'll get a real taste of what it's like in the Freedom Caucus and some of these big investigations and and some stories about the the, the wonderful interactions I, I had the opportunity, the privilege to have with uh, President Trump. Well, I think that's exactly right. Uh, one of the things that people really loved in the last administration with President Trump is that he actually, if he said something, he did it. Regardless yeah, of the sure fight did. that he had, I think people were astounded, which they are with you, by the way, as well, with the strength and energy that Trump had. And by the way, Jim Jordan has that same strength and energy. Oh, my God, you must be selling a lot of white shirts. That's all I got to say. But, but, but he did regardless he did what he said he would do and that reinforced yep. to america that somebody really cared yeah no you're so right I, I couldn't have said it better i mean and he 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 did what he said he would do more than any president in in certainly my lifetime but he did it against amazing odds every democrat in this town was against him everyone in the mainstream press was against him everyone in the bureaucracy was against him and a bunch of republicans were against him and in spite of that he said he would cut taxes he did he said he'd reduce regulations and he did he said he put conservatives on the court he did. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Coney Bear. He said we'd build the wall. We did. We'd get out of the Iran deal. We did. He said we put the embassy in Jerusalem, and he did it, and, and a bunch of other things I can't remember. But, but more than anyone, he came here and, and actually told the American people, here's what I'm going to do. You elect me. I'll do it. And he did. And that's, uh, that's what we need, frankly. We need that, that kind of leadership. Yeah, we do. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we're going to see some big shift in the Congress here in, a, in about 12 months from now. You know, we're hearing yeah. about a, a, a 70 seat shift in the House. Uh, do you think do you do you feel that? Do you see that coming? Well, I do. I think I mean, who knows the number? I don't like I'm not in the prediction game. I do feel confident that we can win this back. we got to keep working hard. We got to keep standing up for what the American people want us to do, the Constitution, the principles, and, and, and defending the First Amendment, which is, I think, the biggest concern I have is what the Democrats are doing to free speech and all your other First Amendment liberties. Um, but I do feel comfortable, uh, not comfortable, but confident we're going to win in, in light of um, what we saw in Virginia. I mean, think about Virginia. Uh, uh, moms and dads stood up and said, no, 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 we're not going to tolerate this racist, hate America curriculum being taught to our kids. And it was the catalyst for a movement across that state and an energy across that state that 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 put a Republican in the governor's office. They, no one thought it could happen. But that is the power of this great country and the power of parents and families and individuals standing up for freedom and liberty. Um, so, yeah, I feel good about where, where we're going. And I think we'll take back the Congress. Well, you know, what's interesting. I think, you know, in the gap that's there and I might add a postscript for the time being, with Trump not being there, it was the parents that took up that run yep. and, and went yep. for the goal line. You know, when you think about it, even Quinnipiac came out, 
Biden's at 36 percent right now, majority against him. When you look further down, you have uh, Zogby. Zogby, man, I got it. I just had lunch with him a few months ago. Zogby, who's a leftist, I happen to be a conservative, said that his approval ratings at 36 percent. When you look at the total, if the election were held this week, depending on the poll you look like, there's a 10 percent gap. Republicans on top, Democrats on the bottom. Another one came out, 30 percent Republicans on top uh, with the uh, Democrats on the bottom. I mean, we are looking, I think, if it goes that way and things change, it's a long way off. We could be looking at something much more strong than we saw in 2010, because I think, Jim, that we've really awakened the core Americans who are saying, I can't sit back anymore. This is taxation without representation. Yeah. No, it's funny you use that term, uh, awakened. Um, When Merrick Garland, the attorney general, came in front of our committee three weeks ago on on October uh, 20th, excuse me, 21st, uh, I told him, I said, this, this was in, in regards to this targeting of parents, this threat tag on parents, though, you know, the, what, what the treating parents as, as domestic terrorists. And, and I said, I think this is the final straw. I think what you guys did is a catalyst for a great reawakening in America for freedom, for Judeo-Christian principles and values. And a few weeks later, look what happened in Virginia. And, and, it's, and it's driven by everything, not just that issue, but that's, the, that's the sort of the central one. But everything they've touched has been bad. We went from a secure border to chaos. We went from energy independence to the president of the United States begging OPEC to increase production. We went from stable prices to record inflation, and on and on we could go. And so we're at a point today where 71% of our fellow citizens think the country is on the wrong track. And when I first heard that number, I said, I want to meet the 29%. I want to know who are these people who think we're on the right track because it is so bad out there. Um, This is why I think uh, there's a good chance we take it back and we win in a big way. Congressman, we've got to take a a, a quick break. We're on with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan in Ohio. Uh, We're going to be right back. Still a lot more to talk about. Stay with us. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. And we are together with a great American Congressman Jim Jordan from the state of Ohio, a state that I personally love very much mm-hmm. and uh, a state that is uh, is doing really well. And it's doing really, really well and uh, could be doing better. But we got some great, great members of Congress in Ohio. We uh, got a great governor. It's just it just seems that politically Ohio is is doing very, very well and going in the right direction. Hey, Congressman, we want to talk about the vaccine mandates. And you know, sure. I'm glad to see that OSHA now has kind of set this thing aside. That just was just announced. I, I got like 700 employees, and this was going to be a real pain in the butt. You know, I didn't know how sure. we we're going to handle this. And, and just think about all the penalties and everything. And, and what I'm defending this mandate, you know, for people who don't want to put this thing in their body, and it puts me in a very yep. awkward position. But listen, let's listen to the White House defend the OSHA mandate for the vaccines. The administration clearly has the authority to protect workers and actions announced by the president are designed to save lives and stop the spread of COVID-19. And as DOJ said, they will be defending these lawsuits. But I also want to step back for a second because there there is precedence here. You know, the Department of Labor has a responsibility to keep workers safe and the legal authority to do so. The Congress empowered OSHA uh, with through a law, through a law that has been in the books for more than 50 years. 
Yeah, more than 50 years. I mean, this is the Industrial Revolution. I mean, this is like <laughs> safety goggles and, 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 and earphones for working these handrails, you know, old, exactly. old machines. It wasn't like, you know, putting something in your body that you may be you know, like completely opposed to. I mean, they're just really this is well, a big stretch. Yeah, and it's and it's laughable because just a few months ago they said they couldn't do this. There's no pre- I mean, Doctor Fauci, oh, that's never been done. We can't do it. But George, uh, 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 President Biden said, no, 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 we can't do that. We're, we're never going to go there. Jin Psaki said, we can't, we can't do it. There's no precedent for doing so. And now here we are a few months later, and it's exactly there was clear precedent for doing it. Well, it wasn't. You said just the opposite a few months ago, and this is what Americans can't stand: is the double standard, the double speak. That we get from Democrats all the time. So there, there's that. There's that component. There's the fundamental liberty component, as you guys point out. That that, that is, is so true. Like this is this is about freedom. You get to choose. It is your your decision as an as an individual created in God's image and have the rights we enjoy under our Constitution. You get to decide. And then third, there's the practical concern. Right now, every single employer I talk to says they can't find workers. We need more employees. We got a supply chain problem. Do you think? Putting a vaccine mandate is going to help with that problem. I talked to a a guy in our district who has a trucking company, 600 employees. He said half of my drivers, half of my truck drivers do not have the vaccine. What is that going to mean for inflation and supply chain problems? So this is how nuts the Biden administration is, and the American people clearly see it for what it is. It's all well, that's, a, that's exactly right. I mean, the unintended consequences, sort of like what happened with Obamacare, and also the, the double talk with that, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your rates, you're going to save money. None of that was true. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean, everyone's running around, hey, this is free. They're running outside with their hands in the air. And the reality of it is yeah. they went broke. They couldn't get a doctor. The doctors dropped off. No one wanted to take it. Yep. And, and I'm sure they were unintended consequences. I'm sure people died as a result of that. Could have. But... But yep. when you listen to this, here we are again. You know, we, we, you know, I'm sure nothing will happen if we have fewer border people. Nothing will happen there. I'm sure if we have, you know, the truckers, as you pointed out, if 15%, 20%, 30% of the truckers can't truck because they don't have the vaccine, I'm sure that's really going to help, you know, L.A. and so forth, get those, you know, those, those ships, uh, uh, you know, offloaded and so forth. I think, you know what it comes down to, Jim? It's like we know now from some of the polls that came out, Almost 50 percent of the people who have been polled saying that Biden does not care about the average Americans and 51 percent say he is not honest and 57 percent say he doesn't have good leadership skills. And that's all because everything you just said, the the leadership that they're showing, the decisions that they're making, where in all of that do you see where it benefits? It inures benefits to the average American because I don't see it. I mean, I wear glasses, but man, I don't see it. No, it doesn't. And what uh, I think exacerbates uh, the problem is he told us just the opposite. Remember, he ran as moderate Joe. He ran as the guy from Scranton Joe, the average guy from Scranton, Pennsylvania. He won the South Carolina primary as saying, I'm not Bernie Sanders. He gets elected and he becomes worse than Bernie Sanders on everything left and embracing the woke cancel culture mob, the left wing who wants to take away your liberties, who wants to have big government. And this what I, what I said the other day was an accelerated march to communism that the left is now on, and they control the Democrat Party. So that's not who he campaigned as. That's not who he, he said he was going to be. And that, I think, is why he's at 38 percent in, in, in approval rating, and his vice president is at 28 percent. I've never seen where a vice president and president can barely clear 50 percent um, in, 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 in approval ratings. That's how bad the situation is, and we can't get to the midterm election soon enough, and we can't get to the 2024 election uh, with with President Trump running and winning, which I think is going to happen, we can't get there soon enough either. So, so Congressman, um, 
in the, in the time we have left, maybe you can comment on uh, the Build Back Better vote that I guess is going to be coming up. I guess we're waiting for the score. I think the score is going to be hellacious. It's yeah, going to be it, terrible. I mean, yeah, it's going to be yeah. like <laughs> so much red ink. I mean, it's going to it's going to circle the globe a hundred times. So yeah. it's not going to it's not going to score out. But will that make a nope. difference to your centrist Democrat if there are centrist <laughs> Democrats no, in, it, in the House? No, the, 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 the left doesn't care. They don't care that this is going to exacerbate an already 30-year high inflation problem. They don't care. This is about big government. This is about, as I said, this accelerated march to socialism and communism. They don't care. It's all about power. It's all about control. It's all about, oh, you guys I – mean, think what they're doing to the First Amendment. It used to be you could have a debate because we have this, this amazing thing called a constitution with the First Amendment free speech rights. But now it's like if you don't agree with the left, they say you're not allowed to talk. And if you try to speak up, they're going to call you a racist and try to cancel you. That's where we're at. So this is about power. They, they know deep – when Joe Biden stands up and says, oh, if we pass this, it's going to help inflation. Like what kind of a knucklehead could, could believe that? There's no one in our country who believes that if you spend $2 trillion more trillion, it's going to help inflation. We all know it's going to hurt inflation and make it tougher on, on, on middle-class families to be able to buy the goods and services and things that they need. You, you want – you want to buy a home, it's going to cost more. You want to rent an apartment, it's going to cost more. Put food on the table, it's going to cost more. Put gas in the car, it's going to cost more. To buy a turkey for Thanksgiving, it's going to cost more. To buy Christmas presents, it's going to cost more. But they don't care. And Americans have figured it out, and that's why, as you said earlier, I think we're going to have a big win next year. You know what I think, Congressman? I mean, it's going to cost more, but you don't have to worry about it because there's nothing to buy. <laughs> no, wait, wait till the kids <laughs> come. To, to wait a minute. Wait till the kids come down on Christmas morning and they say, "Where's yeah. the tree?" Well, I had to sell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not good. No, this this Christmas is going to not work well for the Democrats. The holidays no. are going to work. That's my that's my prediction, Jim. It's going to work against the Democrats. Yeah. Oh my no, goodness. It's, it's, it, we, we, I mean, you're you're right. You want to laugh. But uh, then you stop and think about how serious this is and what it means for, for our country, oh, the amen. greatest country ever. But, but we're going to get through it. We're going to give Americans rise to the challenge. We got there's, yes, we there's will. this optimistic attitude, and we'll, we'll get through this. So thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it and uh, had a great time. And to help everybody get through it, by Congressman Jordan's book, uh, Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. Keep up that fight, Congressman. We will. Take care. Thanks. Coming up. Dr. Rothman and still got a lot more to talk about, but we only got one more segment to do it. But you don't want to miss it. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. Uh, Congressman Jordan, man, he was he was amped up. I mean, he was fired up, uh, very articulate. And uh, I mean, he just has it down. I mean, has it down. It's just not he like he thinks in bullet all. points. It's I mean, like, number one, you have this. Number two, you have that. Number three, you have that. Number four, you, I mean, you, no matter where he goes, he out, he just clearly defines what he's talking about. And, and you clearly see what he's trying to communicate. I think he's terrific. He's one of my heroes, by the way, in, in Congress. Completely. And um, Get his book. Everyone good. should get his book. He's a good man. Get his book. Do what, do, do what you said you would do. Jim Jordan, you got to get that book. Hey, we've got some good sound bites to talk about. Hey, let's start off with uh, President Biden this week uh, talking about his Build Back Better plan at General Motors. 
And one more thing. It's fully paid for. Fully, fully paid. It does not increase the deficit one single cent. As a matter of fact, it reduced the deficit, according to the experts. And again, no one in America earning less than $400,000 will pay a single penny more in federal taxes. I don't know what he's talking about because, <laughs> you know, you got the Congressional Budget Office, uh, which is a, a, a nonpartisan um, group that scores um, legislation. Which they the didn't want to do, by the way. The first cost. time they tried to pass this, they were going to do it without the scoring. So now, you know, we haven't got the score yet, but it's sort of being telegraphed that this thing is way upside down. And there is a lot of funny uh, county going on here. Like, in other words, taking three years of the cost, but applying 10 years worth of the uh, receipts that they expect to get. And, and, and a lot of these receipts that they're talking about is hiring 80,000 IRS agents, 80,000 IRS agents to go and just harass Americans. Right. And, and, and it doesn't matter about the corporations, Neil, because the corporations are so insulated from the IRS because they have the most expensive accounting firms, the most expensive attorneys, and they're going to be protected and drag it out and they're going to do what they have to do. But the bottom line is, listen, what what could go wrong? With borrowing another two and a half, three, three trillion, four trillion, five trillion dollars, well, you're printing more money, you're reducing, you're making products more expensive. People don't have the ability to get it. There are fewer products out there because you can't afford to manufacture them because individual unit costs go up. I mean, you're so whacking the economy. What could go wrong with that, Neil? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I don't know. I don't know who's thinking this out. But you know what? I got to tell you, you know, Kudlow made a comment about this the other day that I think was very, very on target when he's saying, when people are saying, well, you know, we're going to have all these agents and we're going to go after the corporations and the this is Biden saying that. And we're going to have, you know, corporations pay their fair share, which he also said, it generally, says that everywhere right now. You know, he, he goes in a restaurant and orders, he said, you got to pay your fair share. He says that to the waiter. you got to pay your fair share. <laughs> but the reality is... By the way, the fair share thing was all Bernie, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders type of stuff, right? Well, it was Bernie Sanders type of stuff. It was also Joseph Stalin type of stuff. It was also Lyndon's type of stuff. It's also found in the Communist Manifesto kind of stuff. You know, stuff like that. Alinsky's kind of stuff. You want to go on? We could go down this whole left-wing crazy you know, path if you want. But the point of the matter, let's take a listen to... Um, Larry Kudlow here. Uh, Kudlow and his comment, and let's just talk about it. 70% of business taxes uh, are borne by the blue-collar middle class. And you'll see it in uh, lower real wages, lower employment, and lower family incomes. They are the ones that pay the taxes. Corporations are essentially paper entities. It's people who wind up paying those taxes. That's the bottom line. Who pays the taxes? Who's paying the penalty for the corporations that have to raise rates you know, to, to do whatever they have to do, who, who ultimately pays that, Neil? Yeah, of course, it's, it's passed on. Or there's loopholes that they just don't pay. And the loopholes, by the way, wait a minute. The loopholes are not illegal. The loopholes exist in the tax code. 
So if you want to change the loopholes, if you want to say, well, it's not fair because this billion-dollar company, this multi, got it, has a loophole, then go to go to Congress, talk to the Congress folks, and tell them to change the tax code because that's up to Congress to do. But I, what I really hate is when people say, oh, those miserable corporations, they don't pay anything. They're getting away. Well, they're not getting away with anything that's not illegal. It's not illegal. It's legal. Yeah. Do something about it. If you don't like it, do something about it. Yeah. So, you know, just the thing that just scares the bejesus out of me is is weaponizing the IRS. Oh, that's scary. And just that's sending them out and that they're there on a political mission. They're really there. Eighty seven thousand of them. Yeah. And, and think about that for a second. You know, I mean, that's that's like a city. They're hiring a city of IRS <laughs> they're bringing, people. They're bringing in upstate New York City. You know, Rochester, we're coming. Yeah. You know, God. Oh, well, Rich, unfortunately, we're out of time. But we're going to be back again next week for another adventure of Made in America, where we never stop fighting for your jobs. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.